Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today on location at the second Lake Martin Songwriters Festival in Alabama, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who was first discovered by Grammy Award-winning artist Kenny Loggins. She has partnered with multiple Grammy Award-winning producers, Umberto Gatica and David Foster, and has toured or shared the stage with country stars Brad Paisley, Kenny Chesney, Jake Owen, Rascal Flatts, Cole Swindell, and more. Her debut single quickly climbed to a top 40 spot on the Billboard Country Chart and accrued over 3 million streams on Spotify alone, a platform that she has almost 55,000 monthly listeners on. Plus, the videos on her YouTube channel have combined for more than 2 million views. You've been hearing a song of hers called Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Leah Turner. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thanks ever so much for doing this. I'm excited about all that we have to dive into here. Yeah. But let's start off first by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which, by the way, at the time that we're recording this, has over 955,000 streams on Spotify. Oh, wow. Amazing. Congratulations. Almost but, but a million. Please, Stream it. Yeah. <laughs> please go ahead and share all about that song, especially since I was talking over it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I am second generation Mexican-American and um, raised by a 15-time champion team roper in the rodeo. So my father's an American cowboy and my mom is um, a Mexicana señorita, if you will. And we uh, filmed this song in uh, Rosarito at my aunt and uncle's house there. And it's really about my parents' love story when my mom fell in love with a vaquero, which is a cowboy. And it's just talking about some loves fade and some loves don't. Um, and their love did not fade. So it was their time in Mexico and bringing those two worlds that uh, make me who I am together. The audience is going to hear a lot throughout this interview how proud you are of your heritage. Yes. I want to ask you a question, and as I'm formulating it in my head, I'm thinking, she might get that a lot, but at the same time, is it offensive? Because I'm sure there's loads of people listening to this episode who are Leah Turner fans and are yeah. coming to it, but there are also my audience who are just being introduced to you for yeah. the first time, and you're going to see the pictures. I mean, this is a beautiful, blonde, attractive recording artist that you're going to look at and say... Wow, really? Yeah. You have that? That's your bloodline? Mm -hmm. Is that offensive to you? I apologize if it is. And, and put me in my place if it right. is. Um, but at the same time, I guess it makes it even more commendable right. that you are so out front and so proud right. to show people like who cares what I look like? Like right. I am proud. This is this is what my heritage is. Yeah. You know, um, 
so funny. I was talking earlier this morning, and it's there's a, a scene in uh, that Selena's husband or uh, father said in the movie Selena, and he goes, "I got to be more Mexican than Mexicans, and I got to be more American than the Americans. It's exhausting." <laughs> <laughs> and at times, that's how I feel because I'm never Mexican enough, and I'm never white enough. Mm. Um, and I do look white, but the reason why um, my mom's skin color didn't take over my blonde hair, blue eyed father is because my grandfather is from Spain. Mm. And a lot of Spaniards look like me. So, and my grandmother was Mayan Indian. And wow. so when you take the Indian and the Spaniard, that's what brings yeah. in the Mexicano culture. Okay. And um, my mom's older brother, Daniel, mi tío Daniel, my uncle Daniel, he has blue eyes. And my grandfather, mi abuelo, my mom's dad, is very light. Everyone kind of has more of that Spaniard. So they had lighter skin. And then you put me with my dad, who has blonde hair and blue eyed, um, and you get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and some of this is interesting to me because, you know, I have this big, huge Polish last name, Warzniak, yeah. or as we say in Polish, Wawrzyniak. Okay. And so a lot of people they recognize right away, wow, where is that from? Is it Polish? Is it whatever? And ironically, I'm only half Polish and I'm half Italian. Mm. And really it was the Italian half of my upbringing that was more dominant. Right. So I kind of get painted with this Polish brush with this, oh, Eastern Europe kind of thing. And I go, well, I'm proud of my Polish heritage, but hold on. And then I have to kind of do the explanation like I'm doing now, like you just did. Yeah, so it's wild. You know, you walk in and you're face valued white girl, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's been my whole entire life. I mean, you can see photos of me with my, my cousins on my mother's side, and they're all Mexicanos, and then you have this blonde hair, blue eyed little girl. Um, it's always, I always say when we take family photos, it's like, where's the white girl? Where's Waldo? And it's like, <laughs> there she is, you know? Um, that's been my whole entire life. And then really being about it here in country music, um, it's been interesting to, you know, just educate people on where the, the American cowboy culture comes from. And that comes from the vaqueros, which they came from Spain all the way down, you know, through all the way down and ended up, you know, New Mexico and California um, and have influenced so much of the American cowboys way. Um, I mean, everything in the rodeo is Spanish. (laughs) And the only difference between the charros and the vaqueros and the American cowboys um, are the hats and the saddles um, and the horn specifically on those saddles. Wow, how cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So, and with the American cowboy, you can um, know what they did as a cowboy by the shape of their hat. Hmm. And then that's how you differentiate, not the only way, but one of the ways to differentiate American cowboys and charros is they wear sombreros, which are the big, you know, and then the American cowboy wears the standard Wow, you know, that's hat. fascinating. One more funny point to all this, and I promise you and the audience I'll move on. But, you know, you can walk into someplace and no one's going to guess that you're fluent in Spanish. I have a friend. She's from Croatia, uh-huh. and she speaks five and a half languages. She was half? here in America. We were in a Walmart. We were standing in line. She was buying some things, and as she was waiting to check out, there were some 
people in front of her who were speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. and she turned around and smiled at me, and I said, "What? What's happening?" Right. And she said, "They're talking about me, and they don't they don't realize that I know Spanish." And so here's Leah Turner, yeah. who is fluent in Spanish yeah. and can walk in somewhere, and right. people might do the same thing. Yeah, it's always wild for me because sometimes I shy away um, from speaking Spanish. Um, because I look the way that I look, that I feel sometimes it's offensive um, mm. because they go, oh, she learned that in high school or mm. she learned that in college. And there's this gringa speaking Spanish because she doesn't think we speak English. And um, I've had to overcome that and just yeah. be like, just I am who I am, you know, but it has been a thing where I've just been Mm. like, Oh, I'm just going to speak. Like, I'm not going to speak. They're like, just say it. And I'm like, no, because they're, they're going to think that, you know, I'm trying to be like this white girl trying to speak Spanish to them when like, I have your blood running in my veins. I have the sangre as well, you know? So it's I'm, wild. I'm getting a little emotional. I'm, 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 that makes me sad. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, that you've had to deal with that. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking earlier, and I'm like, I don't want to be white anymore or Mexican. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> uh, we are going to move on, but I, yes. I, I have to do this. I'm, I'm sorry, Leah. Bear with me. Back on episode 409 of the show, my guest was Chad Jeffers, the guitar player for Carrie Underwood, and he told a funny Kenny Loggins story. Five weeks later, on episode 414, my guest was Carly Jo Jackson, and she talked about opening for Kenny Loggins and singing Return to Pooh Corner with him. Now, mind you, I have always been a huge fan of Kenny Loggins. So then, eight weeks later, episode 422, my guest was Ken Stacy, who, oh, by the way, just happens to be Kenny Loggins' vocal coach. Wild. And then I had even bounced Kenny's name off of Chris Polonis on episode 428. And now here we are in episode 446, and again, I have reason to bring up the name of Kenny Loggins. Kenny, if you are out there somewhere <laughs> hearing this, man, that would be an absolute thrill to have you on this show yourself. So here we go, Leah. Yes. The story goes that Kenny told you to pack up your stuff and move to L.A. Move from where and under what circumstances was he seeing you or hearing you that led to him telling you that? Yes. Yeah, so I went to school um, in Santa Barbara and I was actually going to school to become an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of my classes started taking up with songwriting classes and mm. I got accepted into the Music Academy of the West in Montecito and I trained opera there and um so my life, the trajectory of my life was already kind of changing. So the final for one of the songwriting classes was whatever song got, you had to write a song and whatever song got picked would sing that song in front of a celebrity that would come in songwriter mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. And my song got picked. And so I sang it and I almost didn't go to the, cause it was optional to go to the class. And I yeah. was like, I'm in San, I mean, Santa Barbara, it's like beach or class, beach or class, you know, beach and, yeah. or class. This is a big decision. <laughs> it's a huge decision. <laughs> and I called my mom and she was like, are you going to your class? And I was like, no, mom, it's the last day. Like I'm going to the beach, like whatever. I don't care. And she was like, you get your butt to that class. Cause if your song gets picked mm. and you can sing in front of Kenny Loggins, get your butt there. And I was like, uh, and all my friends were going Darn to the Darn it, beach. mom has a clearer head than I. I know. <laughs> so I went to class. My son got picked. I sang it in front of Kenny. And he said, I am not 
telling you to drop out of school, but I'm telling you to pack your bags um, and move to L.A., which was the next logical move, obviously, because it's two hours away from Santa Barbara. Um, And you have a future in music. Mm. So... I was like, and I was taking ballet classes. I was doing guitar, you know, I was doing all of these things, but I didn't really realize that you could hang your hat, um, on a music career, Hmm. you know, because it's such a massive thing to chase. Mm. It's a huge dream, you know? Um, and so I was doing the logical thing and going to become an attorney and I love arguing and I'm very good at it. (laughs) (laughs) So it took me about a month, uh, to where I kind of just like took it in and was playing guitar and wasn't really writing. And I called my mom and dad and I said, I'm dropping out of school and I'm moving to LA to pursue music. How scared were you to make that phone call to mom you know, and dad? I normally most people would be scared, but my parents have been such massive supporters of me um, that their response literally was like, "Finally!" Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say they weren't surprised, but they were. No, wow. and they were like, "We'll send the truck up." And we'll get you out of there. And um, because my mom is a creative, she gave me my first guitar. Mm. My nana, my mom's mom, my abuela, she was a singer. Everyone on my mom's side um, has a voice. We all have this raspy voice since, I mean, you can hear when we talk. We all have this. And then my father um, is just a insane music lover. Like, just if he could be an artist... He probably would have, you know, so they, and they're also both dreamers. Mm. Um, my dad, you know, dreamt a big dream. He's a professional team roper. He started a business from scratch. Um, my mom, you know, was a ballerina, but also jewelry designer, but also was raised by dreamers and fighters. So it's very logical for them to, to encourage you and to yeah, say, and because to say it's, we it's get worked it. out. I mean, my family came from Mexico and they came over here and they fought for, to be a part of this American dream, you know? And so fighting and resilience and dreams are in my blood, mm. you know, so cool. it's like always like, just get back in that saddle and dig deep. Yeah. So I tailed it to LA And that was scary because even from being from California, um, I didn't spend a lot of time in LA. Mm. It's like, it was always, it just, it's a big city. And I remember dropping down into Brentwood, California with all these high rises with my guitar in the back and my Jeep Cherokee. That said daddy's cowgirl on the license plate. <laughs> Let the record show that yours truly drives a Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Continue. Continue. And um, I literally got off the 405 and into these high rises and I looked up and I just went and I started crying. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Mm. This is really big. I felt like, what have I done here? This is a, everyone's flying by you. I was, I started crying and I called my parents and I said, I think I made a mistake. I don't think I can do this. I I, I don't, I don't think I can do this. And my dad was like, he always says, baby, 
you are a Turner, you are a Galvin, you get in that saddle and you ride. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so the rest is history in the making. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That is cool. That is cool. So we already covered Kenny Loggins. If you're listening, you'd be a great guest, please. Uh, now, Jeep, if you're listening, please sponsor the show or hire me to do the official Jeep podcast. Uh, Leah was a good sport and let me launch into that big setup when I said, okay, I have to do this. Well, I definitely have to do this, which is to thank Focusrite for once again sponsoring Now Hear This Entertainment. This is eight consecutive episodes now, and I'm so, so grateful for their support. For anyone in the audience who records anything, podcast, music, Please support them in return. Leah and I are able to sit here and get great quality sound because we are recording this interview through Focusrite's new Vocaster, which is an audio interface that they designed specifically with podcasters in mind. The one I have is the Vocaster 2, which simply means that, as Leah and I are doing, you can connect two mics to it. Leah's not wearing headphones like I am, but she could if she wanted to because the Vocaster 2 has headphone jacks for the host and the guest. It is USB-C iPad compatible, which means that you can record with iPad Pro. Plus, for the Vocaster 2 and the Vocaster 2 Studio, you can even use Bluetooth to connect your phone and record phone calls or sound from your apps. As you can tell, this is really, really cool. And with Focusrite already being such a mainstay in the audio interface market, you know this is now going to be the go-to for podcasters. Did I mention that it just came out in June? Anyhow, here's where I want you to go to get even more information. On my show website, nhte.net, there is a Vocaster ad. Tap or click on that to go see even more features. That ad is in the right-hand column of nhte.net if you're looking at the website on desktop or on mobile. Scroll way down, and you'll see the ad just below the social media icons. Click through today and start your way towards getting the Vocaster from Focusrite. Leah, you told us the Kenny Loggins story, but let's dig deeper into your past because I think it's important that the audience hear about how you developed your sound. What was the impetus for blending your Latin roots with creating country music? And by the way, did anyone tell you, no, don't do that or, or it can't be done? Right. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it's a it's an easy marriage. Um, country music has always had such a love affair with the Hispanic culture, with the Latino culture, with the Mexicano culture. Um, So country music listeners have always kind of been influenced by the Mexicano culture. They just don't know it yet. I was just going to say, perhaps subliminally. Yeah. So um, if you think about it, you know, a lot of people's songs uh, talk about the rodeo, talk about being cowboys, talk Mm. about being in Mexico, talk about, I mean, sometimes they even speak in Spanish. Um, And now they've been dancing, they've been dating for a very long time. And for me, being a real cowgirl um, and being half Mexican, um, bringing that together with someone whose culture it actually is, is really exciting and an honor. Um, So I think it's a little bit different and hard um, for people to actually have a Mexicana um, singing country music. Um, And when I was on a previous label, they just said it wasn't the time. to focus on being, you know, Latina, Mexicana. Um, Let's focus on being a cowgirl. And I personally don't think that they did 
that because they were trying to not want me to be. Um, I think they were trying to protect me um, from some of the stuff that is out there. Mm. Country music can kind of be one track minded um, in one lane. And it's hard for sometimes something different to come in and uh, and then wrap their minds around it. But the Latino, uh, the Mexicano sound um, is the fastest growing because um, our lives mirror one another. We're about faith. We're about family. We're about love. We're all hard workers, and we love to party. <laughs> so that's country music, and those are Mexicanos. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you pl- do, do plenty of co-writing. I'm sure you yeah. do. Okay. So if you're in a co-write and you complete a song with someone, would you say, uh, you know what? This doesn't really have any kind of the Latina influence mm-hmm. to it. I'm sorry, but I, 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 I'm, we're not, I'm not going to use this. Or is it, you know what, Bruce, it's just so inherent in who I am and in my nature, it's going to come through. Right. Well, it's been interesting for me because um, there's not a lot of Latino writers or Mexicano writers um, in country music. Uh, so I've been the one in there kind of explaining um, that reggaeton is more Puerto Rican, Colombian, Cuban, Mm. and Mexicanos are more Norteño, uh, Mariachi, um, Cumbia, that type of stuff. So having to kind of explain that not all Latinos are the same um, has been interesting. So what I've been doing is really um, searching out um, and sorting after finding those Mexicanos and those Latinos. Um, And, I mean, my best friend, he's here. His name is Romeo. He's a Mexican-American from Texas, and um, he's an incredible country artist. And then the guy, my guitar player that's here, his name is Alejandro Medina, and he's from... um, or Texas, both of their families are from Mexico, like myself, and really just implementing um, that so it is inherent and yeah, it's somebody yeah. that understands the two worlds. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say devil's advocate would tell you, well, then why don't you stop wasting your time having to educate all these people who yeah. are getting it wrong and just write the songs yourself. Yeah. But I think in starting to get to know you, you're so proud of your culture that yeah. you're going, you know what? Yeah, it's probably more time than I'd like to spend in a write, but I'm getting to share my culture yeah. and I'm getting to educate people. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, you know, most exciting thing for me. Um, I know that a lot of people talk about cultural appropriation and like, we're not just sombreros y tequila y tacos, you know, we're not all just that. For me, I love being able to say, thank you so much for loving the Mexicano culture as much as you do. Um, and let me let me enlighten you a little bit more on why it is such a beautiful and colorful um, culture. And it's not me letting go of the cowgirl side of me because those just mirror mm-hmm. one another so easily. You know, um, growing up chasing rodeos, um, I mean, I, 
that is the Mexicano Latino Hispanic culture, even in itself. So it's exciting to be able to educate people, um, that necessarily don't realize that the vaqueros were the first cowboys and what they're singing about actually came from what I'm implementing. Let's just clarify one point because yeah. you talked about moving from Santa Barbara to LA. Yeah. You talked about these guys that are with you here yeah. at the festival that are from Texas. Texas. We are here in Alabama. Yeah. So do you live in Los Angeles still or do you live in Nashville? No. So um, I've lived in Nashville for the last eight years, but then before the wild West showed up and the world shut down, <laughs> <laughs> I moved back to California because I just figured, why be in Nashville, um, away from my mom and dad, away from my family, when I can't do what I've come here to do? So I'm making the move back to Nashville, currently back and forth from California to Nashville. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. There's a, a really great accolade that you earned that I really should have added in the intro. I don't want to steal your thunder. So share with the audience yeah. about the honor bestowed upon you by the Recording Academy. Oh, yeah. So um, the Grammys named me one of the top five Latinos uh, changing the face of country music. And then they also um, asked me to be a part of the Power of Women in Country Music Grammy exhibit. And my clothes um, are hanging in the Grammys. Is that the Grammy Museum? In, the sure. in yeah. L.A. So yeah. it starts in L.A. And then I think it moves to New York. And then it goes to, um, I think it ends in Nashville. But don't quote me on that. But my clothes will be hanging in there for the next two years with my guitar. And I'm the first female solo country Mexican-American artists to be there. So I'm just a little bit a part of the history of country music. That's so cool. And listeners, I actually interviewed on this show, Michael Sticka, the executive director of the Grammy Museum. I'll put a link on the show page for this episode at nhte.net so you can go back and listen to my conversation with him. I think the intro at the start of this episode could have gone on longer and longer because, wow, yet another highlight of yours, Leah, is highest charted solo female Latina in country music. Do you hear someone like me read that and it just sounds so, wow, me? Or or is your personality more darn right and I'm not going to let anything stand in my way of getting to the top of all those mountains along my career Um, path? It's both. It's both um, sometimes like when you were reading like who I've been on the road with and some of the things that I've done, I literally was like, who's that's he talking wild, about? <laughs> you know, um, that's really crazy. Um, it's it's wild for me to say my clothes are hanging in the Grammy Museum um, when I almost didn't go to the class, you yeah, know, yeah. and I almost didn't moved to Nashville because I was engaged. Um, it's wild. And when you sat in your, excuse me for interrupting, yeah. when you sat in your Jeep and cried yeah. and called mom and dad and yeah. said, I can't what do in the world this. did I do here? You know? Um, and also all the times that I've wanted to quit because it's mm. not easy. This is not an easy road. It's not an easy career. Um, it's, you get a lot of no's, you get a lot of maybes, you get a lot of not right now's. Um, so to hear things like that, I'm like, this is wild. But then I also say, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> get out of my and way. And so I'm both. 
Yeah. I'm yeah, both. I'm you. shocked, um, but I'm also proud yeah, of myself. For you. Yeah, I think you're very... I think there's a degree of humility about you where you recognize that you're blessed and you're very grateful yeah. for all of that. But at the same time, there's the fiery Turner that's like, get out of my way, get out of my way. Those things are great, but there's more, there's more. I did the work and I'm just getting started. Yeah. I'm joined today on location at the second Lake Martin Songwriters Festival in Alabama by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Leah Turner. Visit her official website at leahturner.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on her website, look for social media icons to follow Leah on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And yes, she is on TikTok as well. Leah's music is available on Apple Music and Spotify, both of which you will find links for on her website. I say the following, mainly for those of you who might just be coming to the show for the first time, because I'm hoping and assuming that those that have been with me for a while are already doing this, but please make sure you're signed up for the weekly e-newsletter on the show website, nhte.net. You just need to pop your email address in the sign-up box, and I will send you each Wednesday, and only each Wednesday, really. <laughs> I'm not going to overwhelm you with tons of emails. You'll get a message from me with info on the newest podcast episode, plus other goings-on. I like keeping people updated as to where I will be, just like this festival in Alabama that Leah and I are at because I would love to meet up with folks who listen to this show. I really try to give exclusives to newsletter subscribers also. There's no cost, so go to nhte.net and get on the email list today. Leah, let's talk about this festival that yeah. we're both at. You performed last night. You're performing yeah. again tonight, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really getting a lot of opportunity to really get up close and personal with the audiences and share the stories behind your songs. I'm sure you just love being on stage in front of a big crowd and moving through a set list. But this type of atmosphere has to be a different kind of special. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really get to um, be intimate and be close. Um, and you get to really tell the stories um, where the songs came from. And I think sometimes when people hear the stories, um, it may resonate in their heart a little bit more. Um, and it makes them feel... I think a part of you and a part of that song. Um, cause when you set out or when I've set out to write a song, I've always wanted to be the soundtrack to somebody's life. Mm. Um, and hopefully the experiences that I've gone through am in or have come out of can touch someone and get them through it, keep them in it, um, or get them to it, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so when you're in these type of environments, I think that that's more of a tangible goal for yeah. lack of a better yeah. word, you know, yeah, because I can picture you staying on stage in front of a crowd of 20,000 right. and just having a blast. Right. But as I said, yeah. you're having to kind of move through it and yeah. there's, you know, a timing issue involved. Whereas here, can be a lot more relaxed. Right. You can take your time. And, and on that stage in front of 20,000 people, they're not going to stand for listening to you explain every song, no. where you were when you wrote it, no. when you wrote it, why you wrote it. They just want, you know, and especially when you're in the opening act, when I was on um, the road with Brad Paisley, um, I had 25 minutes hmm. and I was a very new artist, hmm. um, 25 minutes to win a crowd over and continue to earn my spots on those stages. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm going to get all that I can in, uh, these 25 minutes. And I <laughs> packed in 
seven songs mm. in 25 wow. minutes and wow. you can't go over yeah. because the changeover yep. is so quick for the next artist to come and you can't he can't go over because then you go over on the headliner so it is yeah. like and the headliner can't go over because there's union time. stuff that exactly yeah. Yeah. and so then we're costing people money yeah. <laughs> so it was really interesting to to do that so you're absolutely right you're not able to necessarily um, connect in that way. For anyone in the audience who is an aspiring performer, I want you to pick up on two big things that Leah just said. You, you gave out two terrific pointers, which is in that 25-minute slot, you got two, there's others, but two really big goals. Number one is winning over people. Yeah. I mean, you're opening for Brad Paisley. That's a huge, huge opportunity huge. to all of a sudden get Leah Turner fans out of it. Mm-hmm. And number two is equally important is impressing Brad Paisley and his people yeah. and getting booked in more of those opener slots. Yeah. So that was some gold. I don't know if you intended it that way, but you really <laughs> gave out some, some great insights there because I think up and comers look at those opportunities and they go, man, I'd love to open up for insert a list or hear someday right. and not really knowing what that actually yeah. could be other than it just sounds cool to say right. I opened for insert a list. Yeah. Here. And a lot of people, you know, they think it's like, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of hard work. Um, and you have to have really thick skin. Um, and there is literally somebody ready to take your place. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, a line of people around that stadium or that arena that are ready to take your place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ready to take your place. Um, so I just always try to, if it's one person, if it's five people, if it's 10 people, if it's 20,000 people, um, give, I learned this from Neil McCoy. I was on the road with Neil McCoy Mm. and he is one of the best entertainers literally ever. Um, And he reads the crowd and reads the audience and what they're feeling. Mm. It's not about you. It's about how you make them feel. Um, And then they're going to keep coming back for more Mm. because you gave them what they came there to have. And I learned that from him because he would literally have his set list and read the crowd and call out something else because that's what the crowd wow. needed to hear, wow. needed to feel. Like, you want to go up there and sing your big ballad because it feels good to sing it. Yeah. But the crowd needs to get hyped up. Yeah. So wow. you hype them, then you sing your ballad. Mm. Because then they're, they then maybe they weren't ready to receive yeah. that ballad. But now they had the fun. Now they're ready to receive the ballot. That's phenomenal insight. And I wonder, though, that sounds to me like easier said than done. Like, Very Neil hard. could teach you that. Like, this is what's important, Leah. This is what you do. But then you go out on stage and you go, uh, hold on, everybody. And you go backstage. Hey, Neil, how do I read this crowd? Yeah. Well, I think that you um, step outside yourself mm-hmm. um, and you know your audience. It's, it's, it's like when you, when you walk into any place, if you're walking into a business meeting, if you're walking into mm. here, if you're, it, it can be applied throughout any aspects of life, yeah. know your audience, read the room, love it. Mm. And then you can conquer it. Yeah. React accordingly. 
And that's how you get, get success. And you have to perfect that ability to, to pivot just like that. Yeah, and be quick say, on your and feet. And like you said, call out a change to yeah. the set list. And your band has to be as good. Yeah, yeah. Your band has to be like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're here for it. And, right. and Neil's band is insane. Like, I mean, he would be like, somebody said something. This is when it really hit me. Somebody said something about like a moon. I don't know where we were. I think we were in Asheville. And we were outside under this like arena-esque type thing. And and somebody says something about the moon. And he goes, you know what? Called out a Frank Sinatra song. Whoa. Fly me to the moon. Wow. And, 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 and sang it. And the crowd was like eating it yeah. up. Yeah. Right in the palm of his right hand. Right in the palm of his hand. Mm, so cool. So cool. So we That's got off on this tangent <laughs> based on me asking you about performing here at the festival and the different yeah. stuff. Are you doing any writing while you're here with the other songwriters? Because I feel like the temptation would be to just kick back and go, look, this is an escape for me. Look at how peaceful it is here. I, I want to yeah. take off my songwriter hat and just enjoy some downtime. Yet... There are so many talented guys and gals here that yeah. I would think it would be easier said than done to take that. Yeah. I just want a relaxed approach. Right. Um, well, today we're relaxing because we didn't relax last <laughs> night. <laughs> um, but I think tonight after we play, we are going to have everybody come over like we did last night and then really try and hone into you know, taking advantage of the peaceful because sometimes that's where the best songs come, mm. but also you don't want to force it. Yeah. Um, because then you're just like forcing and the relaxation and the peacefulness could give you the energy that you need to go and write the song that you couldn't nice. at that time. Nice. So I think really it's more back to the earlier story of, um, reading the room and, and, and knowing and listening to your body, because yeah. if you're forcing something, um, you might not, you might break it and not get to where you're yeah, supposed to I be. I like it. And it might be a case of something happened in tonight's show where you go, oh my gosh, yeah. I, that, I've got something from yeah. this. I'm going to go back and write it right now. Yeah. And that might even be like, I'm not going to wait for the others to get exactly. here. Like, that was, that I'm was, just going to sing it into my phone or I'm going to write it down or, yeah. you know, so I think a lot of it is, is just kind of, I'm not good at going with the flow, but. Um, I'm learning to go with the flow. <laughs> I just want to know when the flow starts. <laughs> Could you text but, me? <laughs> yeah, text me when the flow starts and I'll be there and then I'll go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, get over here. The flow is starting. Yeah. Uh, folks, I do want to take just a minute to give a public thanks here, not only to the festival for having me back here this year and letting me be involved albeit in the small way that I am, but to the Pace Place for hosting me. This place is huge. It's a lake house that a lot of the songwriters come to for a retreat because it can sleep up to 20 people. That's actually where Leah is staying. And then I've got the separate bunkhouse all to myself. I had heard a lot about the Pace Place, and it's really great for sleeping, for recording podcast interviews, for daily living. They book way far in advance, by the way, so you best get on Verbo to check them out long before you think you're going to want to stay here. So again, I just wanted to take a minute to express my gratitude to the Lake Martin Songwriters Festival and to the Pace Place. Leah, back in the intro, I mentioned that your debut single quickly climbed to a top 40 spot on the Billboard Country Chart. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the psychology around that, meaning an artist could get really overwhelmed by the pressure of setting the bar so high right out of the gate. So how did you navigate that? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I literally have, I mean, I had a great team behind me, um, but 
I, it was a whirlwind. But I'm talking about after it happened, because then it's like, oh my gosh, I I'm just had this chart. It. So like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so I am um, still navigating being able to push through. And like I said, there's somebody always willing and ready to take your place, you know? Um, and once you feel like you have arrived, um, it's over. Mm. You know, so you're always, I mean, look at every artist. You're, you, there's always another song to write, another song to record, another single to put out, another tour to start, another show to play, you know? So it's a constant, I guess, beating yourself at the last accomplishment. Yeah. 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 What have so, you done for me lately? Kind of thing, because, you know, think about it. I'm going to use someone like Ed Sheeran for an example, yeah. right? Like Ed Sheeran will come out with a new song. I'm always amazed at He'll put a new song out, and once the video comes out, the video is not even up for 24 hours, and it already has millions and millions and millions of views. And Ed doesn't sit back and put his feet up and no. go, "Okay, that's a great song," you and can't. people people are responding. You know, he gets to work on writing a next song, and you don't want to be. And whatever happened to Leah Turner? Right. You know, because people have forgotten about you because right. you do all of a sudden say, "Oh, well, I charted. I, I guess I just sit back and wait for my phone to ring, right. my email to right. fill up." Yeah, and um, if you do do that, uh, it will stop ringing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your email will be spam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last year was a really busy year for you. You yeah. released two singles, uh, one of which we're going to play at the end of this episode, yeah. and then last October you put out a six song EP called Lost in Translation. What should the audience know about the music you put out last year? And then also, is there new music on the way from you by chance? Yeah. So the EP that I put out um, called Lost in Translation, I named it Lost in Translation because um, I feel that if people stop looking at the outside um, and start looking at the heart, uh, nothing can get lost in translation. Mm. And... um, I love that. And that goes, you know, that goes from me bringing in two worlds um, that if people would just feel the vibes and um, listen to the music and and, and let it stir you um, and let it be felt in your heart, nothing will be lost in translation, even if you're possibly singing in another language. Um. So that's why I named it Lost in Translation. That's what my parents did. They got married in a time where you didn't marry outside your race. Mm. And um, they didn't let anything get lost in translation. Mm. So uh, that was very special to me uh, to be able to put that those two worlds mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. music out there and the response that it has gotten has been incredible. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, new music. I'm currently writing, um, another EP. I'm going to do a duet with a really awesome actor that, uh, he has, you know, done some really, really cool stuff and he's an incredible singer and I was able to write his whole record with him. Mm. Um, so we're going to do that and I'm bringing in the Latino influence into that. Um, so we're just in the process of kind of getting an arsenal of songs and then in the new year, knock them out. 
I can tell that you don't want to say who it is, but if you tell me off air that it's Jeff Bridges, I'm going to go, wait a minute, I've got a Jeff Bridges story. I could have told no, you. <laughs> it's not. Uh, by the way, I've been referring to you as singer, songwriter, guitar player, but is there piano too? Because I, do love piano. I know that's the instrument you first started playing at age three, if I have my facts correct, yes. but, but do you play much or any piano still present day? I do. Um, I, uh, sometimes I start with writing on the piano. Mm. Um, it's, I think because that was my first instrument to where I learned how to kind of put my words and my feelings into a song that when I start on the piano writing, it opens up and evokes uh, such a different feeling in me because it was like kind of the virgining uh place of where I learned how to even put my words out mm-hmm. into the world. Um, but I don't play it on stage or anything like okay. that. Okay. Um, but I do start writing on that at times. Okay. Well, we're going to close today with another one of Leah's original songs. This is from the Lost in Translation EP that we talked about that she put out last October. It's a song called Vaquera and the Cowboy. How did I do there? Great. Leah, before I let you go ahead and play that track, share with the audience all about this song, if you would, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, it is the story of my parents' love story. And Vaquera is cowgirl in Spanish. And my dad is uh, an American cowboy. And it's really talking about how I've had a front row seat to true love. Um and where you don't give up no matter how hard it gets. Um, and you have such outside noise and things um, that can come at you. Relationships are just hard, period, and they suck. Um, but when they're good and when you find that person and you, you don't give up, um, it can really work out and be great. My parents have been married 45 years. Um, they've been together since my mom was 19 and my dad was 24. So in the song, I say, you know, if you feel like someone's never going to come and take your hand and never let it go, well, watch the vaquera and the cowboy. Mm. And they're moving like outlaws on the floor because they have never let one another go. Wow. So cool. And God bless you for recognizing something truly special that your parents have. and. I know this sounds kind of corny, but not being afraid to write about it, because I think some people would go, I don't want to write a song about my parents. People are going to think that's corny. And it's like, you know what, whether it's corny or not, I want you to embrace the song and the message and the hope that it brings. And never mind that it's about my parents. Like, yes, I love my parents and and I'm sure they're going to be thrilled that I wrote a song about them. But am am I? Yeah, well, I did run into that. So we made it a really sexy song. (laughs) 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 And we um, had an actual younger couple that uh, resembled my mom and dad in the video and then the video and then I'm in it riding horses and um, and then the video ends with uh, the fading out of the young couple kissing to my parents. And so, um, cool. so we made it. Like, just because you get older doesn't mean you're not sexy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we it, we made it to where anyone can say, wow, I want my significant other, my husband, my lover, my whatever, um, 
to hold me like gold and love my Wild West soul. And I want to love like a legend, just like they are in that song. So we definitely kept the uh, spice and sexy in it. it. I like it. But, you know, as a songwriter, you know better than anyone, you have poetic license to do that. You know, to say, okay, this is the idea I have. It might be a little corny, so yeah. let's see what we can do with this to make it more commercial yes, appeal kind yes. of thing. Um, but I love that you slipped in about the video because, you know, I had mentioned in the intro that your YouTube channel, the videos have a combined total of more than 2 million views. Yeah. And so here you go, audience, you've got some marching orders. Check out the Lost in Translation EP. I'm going to go over all this formally in a second. Follow Leah on socials yeah. for all things that, that might be happening with new music that she's writing. But now... You put the word out, you got to go and watch that video. Yeah, it's a wonderful video. Where was that shot? How, you know, you said that you make an appearance in it, but how involved do you get in the creation of your music videos? Oh, I am like, I mean, the video Wax on the Table that I have out, I literally was like burning the candles and dripping my own wax on the candles. And we brought, you know, so I'm very, because I I know what I want. Um, And then I have a team around me that enhances the vision and then is really great at implementing. And that knows that Leah knows what she wants. So we don't need to storyboard the thing for her and sit there and brainstorm and go, what if we do something like this? Because you've already got the picture in your head. Yeah. And then, you know, they bring things and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think about it. That would be rad. Let's do that. You know, that are more, I just have like what's innately in me that I'm like, I want to do this and I want to ride in the horse like this and I want to blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the dress I'm going to be wearing is this. And then they go, well, what if we take, and I'm like, oh, that's so much better than, but so they take the vision and they enhance it, you know? Um, so the vaquera and the cowboy video was shot in, um, San Diego, California, this beautiful resort. And then we drove the next day to my Uncle Jim's house um, in Murrieta, California. And we were on his ranch riding his horses because it was only like 45 minutes from San Diego. Um, So I always have kind of made it a family affair. I like that. And we're on the same wavelength because as you were saying that about how they enhance your vision, the first thing I thought of is locations. And I can picture you saying, I thought we'd shoot this out back by the pool. And they go, or we could do it at the beach. And you're like, oh, okay, I see that. That's so much better. You yeah. know, or, oh, there's a deserted field down at the corner of blah, blah, blah. And they go, or we can go up to Joshua Tree. Yes. And you're like, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pioneer Town, all of those types of places. Yeah, so cool. And that is cool that you, you put, and that's what a team is. And you're only as good yeah. as the team that's around you. And even that, you know, even creating a music video, collaboration doesn't just have to mean co-writing. And, and there's a yeah. perfect example right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're only, you can't do it by yourself. So wonderful to have you on the show. This was so much fun. Yes. I really appreciate you making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. Thank you. You're welcome. Can't Thank wait you to so come much. and see you perform tonight. I know. It's going to be so fun. And now we're going to um, pop open a little drink and get on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Here This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player. Piano, piano player, pianist. Leah Turner. <laughs> Do visit her official website at leahturner.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Look for the social media icons on her website You can so you can engage with Leah. Yesterday, I followed her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm sure that she would appreciate you doing the same. Subscribe to her YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. Remember that she is also on TikTok as well. Be sure to let Leah know that you heard her and her music. I now hear this entertainment. Again, Leah's music is available on Apple Music and Spotify. 
can find links for both of those on leahturner.com. Let's help her get to a million. I said that Once Upon a Time in Mexico has over 955,000 streams on Spotify as of the time that we're recording this. So that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful plateau that I know that she'll enjoy getting to. It bears repeating that I have a great reason for you to punch up my website, nhte.net. Not only can you listen to this show there or find links to other platforms to hear it on or find my social media links, but there is a box to put your email address in to get the weekly e-newsletter that I send each Wednesday. Do that so you get information about the latest podcast episode as well as other goings on. That's going to do it for episode 446. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song by Leah Turner. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Vaquera and the Cowboy. They got a storybook love The kind you only dream of They love like Leia Jones So if you're ever questioning If someone's gonna take your hand And never let it go What's the Vaquera and the Cowboy? Get her and the cowboy as they ride away.